Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 529 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Gail, who, among other things, has type 1 diabetes. She's going to tell us about a a, a pretty long list of autoimmune issues that she has. And at the end, I'll give you a little update from Gail. See how she's doing today. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're looking for those Diabetes Pro Tip series, you can find them at juiceboxpodcast.com, diabetesprotip.com, or they begin right there in your podcast player at episode 210. Those links will also take you to some defining diabetes episodes, as well as many, many others in the podcast. I have just a couple of brief things for you, and then we're going to get started. I'll do it after the music, though. If you have type 1 diabetes and you are a U.S. resident or you're a U.S. resident who is the caregiver of a child with type 1, please consider going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box and filling out the survey. When you do, you'll be helping type 1 diabetes research and supporting the show. I want to thank everyone who's bought me a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash juice box podcast and a special thanks to the new members. Got a couple of new ones here, Amy, Stephen, Connie, and Anna, and then those of you who are already members, Amber, Laura, Marinda, Melanie, Corey, Jessica, Nancy, Sue, Shannon, Marilyn, Allison, Larissa, Melissa, Leah, Blue, Julia, Grace, Daniel, Jennifer, and Jeanette. Thank you all so much for supporting what I do. I really appreciate it. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash juicebox podcast. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. My name is Gail. I am 42 years old. I've had type 1 diabetes for 34 years. I have multiple sclerosis that I was diagnosed with in 2008. Uh, celiac disease, I think in 2018, and I just got diagnosed with undifferentiated connective tissue disease a couple months ago. Undifferentiated connective tissue disease. Do you have any kids? Yes. I have two kids, two you, boys, 13 and nine. Anybody else, and anybody else in the family have issues? Um, my dad's side of the family does. Got He's you. got rheumatoid arthritis, um, he had a multinodular goiter, which I had as well. I don't have a goiter. I don't have a goiter anymore, but no, I don't have a thyroid anymore. Um, my grandma had thyroid issues, and I think her brother was type one, but nobody's really sure if he was type one or type two. Wait, you're I never knew him, so you don't have a thyroid anymore? No. Okay. Your email is titled Lots of Autoimmune <laughs> Diseases. 
I was like, that's what I have. <laughs> well, I was like, well, that's to the point. <laughs> let's, 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 let's dig in. There was no flowery talk in that email. Uh, it's just like, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we break them down timeline? Let's start at the beginning. What happened first? Type one. Type that one. was in 1986 over Christmas break from school. And you were just eight years old at that point. Yes. Okay. Um, that's a long time. You know, it's funny when I reread your email before we got on, it says, you know, I was diagnosed in December of 86 and in my heart, damn it, Gail, that doesn't feel long ago. And, it doesn't. Right? And, and to me. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. And so I, I, that's three years before I graduate high school. So I'm like, maybe I'm a freshman in high school, but it's the number. Mm-hmm. The number doesn't seem long ago. And then I, I, I did my gazintas and I went like this. This is what I did reading your email. I went 86, 96. And I put my <laughs> finger on my pinky and then I said 2006 and I put my, my right. finger on my ring finger. And then I was like 216. Now I'm on my middle finger. I was like, uh oh. And then I counted up. I was like 17, 18, 19. Wow, I'm really old. That's what uh-huh. I that's what I thought when oh, I was done. I feel that way a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 1986 doesn't seem like it should be that long ago. Um it, no. Anyway, it really is. And so you've had type 1 diabetes for an incredibly long time. And I think that's a you know, there's a celebration in there. You're you're doing well with that, right? That is that going okay? That I don't have any complications from that. Okay. So far, so far. <laughs> so far, you're just like, listen. If I, I so, let me ask you: Are you, are you? Hmm, what's the question? Has your life led you to just feel like I wonder what I'm going to wake up and find out tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can't imagine more, more, more so recently than when I was younger, but yeah. Okay. So let, I guess let's talk about the type one a little bit in the beginning. You were just doing regular and MPH, I imagine that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Oh. I had the big. AccuCheck glucometer that was in a briefcase and it had that, I don't know, the guillotine checker, I guess is what they usually call it. Um, yeah, it was just two shots a day and that was, you ate at certain times and that was that. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of fun. And, and, and you do this for how long? Like when do you go to a faster acting insulin? Not until probably probably 23 or 24, I think. Wow. And I started taking, I didn't see an endocrinologist until that time. Uh, I saw just my family care doctor. Uh, I'm trying to think. I was, I was probably in maybe college when I switched over into college-ish. And so that- To uh, Lantus and Novolog. And those insulins existed for more time than, you didn't just jump right on at the beginning when they were available. I guess you wouldn't What's have known that? the insulins. Like it's not like somebody said, "Hey, there's a new fast reacting insulin." You're like, "No, thank you. I'll stick with what I'm doing." Yeah, that's he didn't. I he had brought something up. My doctor brought something up about trying it, and I said, "Okay, so because then I didn't have to eat it at certain times of the day." And that was, that was the main the main goal. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. All that freedom. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I wonder if you remember what it was like the first time you were like, I'm just going to eat now. This is insane. Or, or uh, you, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? Like you might think you were into a real pattern and it probably, I would imagine it wouldn't bother you after doing it for that long. It's, I think that's just how life was. It was just the norm. Yeah. Okay. So you go to college and do all the things that, that, that go with that. When's the mm-hmm. next diagnosis of something? Uh. 
probably my thyroid. I had a multinodular goiter. And I don't know if that's autoimmune or not, but um, I had to start taking Synthroid at that point because I didn't have one anymore. Okay. So it was affecting, like, uh, I couldn't swallow or it was difficult to swallow because it was getting big, the, the goiter was. So that goes in, the, the goiter's there, it's attached to the thyroid, and because of that, they take mm-hmm. the entire thyroid from you. Correct. Put that you, was in t- probably 2005-ish. 2005. What's the impact of that? That wasn't, I didn't think that one was that bad. It was just taking Synthroid. Because my, my grandma had the same thing, and she said, you just take Synthroid every day, and that was it. So your life didn't, your hair didn't fall out, you didn't gain a ton of weight, you didn't lose all your energy, no. nothing. The medication. I did. The at, I, after the surgery, because you're, it takes a little while for it to uh, get out of your system, I guess, and then they start you on a lower dose, and then that kind of hit me at once because I remember being at work and was like really tired, um, and then they increased my synthroid, and then it was fine. Okay. After that, so I got here. In most cases, the cause of a multi-nodular goiter is unknown. Hashimoto's thyroiditis <laughs> is associated with a higher risk of thyroid nodules, which mm-hmm. can lead to goiter formation. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disorder and the most common cause of hyperthyroidism in the United States. Okay. So okay. we're not we're still not sure if yours is from that, but that's no. good background to have. Okay. Do you have the because how long ago was that? What year was that? It was either 2005 or six. Because so have- I remember we, I got that done before we wanted to start having kids. Gotcha. And did- my first son was born in 07. So that's my best guess. Did that leave you with a big scar? Um, It just kind of looks like a neck crease. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's my best description. Are you telling me that having your uh, thyroid removed, uh, one of the perks of aging is that the scar will look like a neck crease? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Can't wait till I get older. I'll look normal, right? <laughs> this will just look like a wrinkle. I'll just blend in there. So I think they, they, yeah, they're um, they're getting better at that that incision now. Um, but I was wondering back then. So you didn't have any trouble having babies or anything like that. Just took the synthroid. Do you take a massive amount of synthroid compared to someone who just has like Hashimoto's? My I take one hundred twelve. Is my dose okay? Well, that's not. Arden takes 88, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and having said that, I don't understand the difference between 88 milligrams. I think it's micrograms, isn't it? And uh, I believe so. Yeah. And 112, but the numbers seem close. So, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) That works. Yeah. Seriously, if you're listening to me for the real, like, nitty gritty and, in uh, medical ideas here. I, I don't have all of them. That's for certain. I'm not the right person yeah, to ask. I don't know the no. difference. Well, but I okay. told you 112, so <laughs> like I didn't give you a measurement. So. Yeah. <laughs> the number I on the box, Scott, says 112. Well, listen, if it works, it works. And good. Y- you know, so, so okay, mm-hmm. so that happens. And is there more? Like, what happens next? Um, then uh, I had my son in 2007 in November. And then I started having, um, I was, I remember I noticed this is how I figured it out. Well, noticed the symptom, but I was feeding the dog and I had a cup and I picked it up and there was like kind of a sharp shooting pain in my fingers. So I went to my family care doctor and I thought maybe it was diabetes related or something of that nature. And he said, well, that's not, that doesn't really sound diabetes. Uh, I thought maybe it was neuropathy or something like that. And he said he didn't think so. And he did a 
a brain MRI and there were four lesions on my brain <laughs> and I have MS. Wow. So that's how that one came out. And that's how old are you then? 29. 29. That's not that old. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, I hate to ask, but what's it like to hear that new baby, 29 years old, you have MS? Oh, that was awful. Because that it was like I was probably three or four months after he was born. Um, and then my grandma had, <laughs> had just passed away. And then I got the diagnosis all within like two weeks. So, I mean, that was that was a rough time. Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, change your perspective on being alive at all. Like, do you think, are you one of those people that sees life as like every day is a gift kind of thing or where does that put you in your head? Mm, I don't No, I'm not one of those people. Gotcha. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's <what laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm thankful to be here and all, but no, I'm, that's not how I <laughs> make it through the day. No. So I have here multiple sclerosis is a disease in which the immune system eats away at the protective covering of nerves. Yep. MS is resulting. Like, so is MS autoimmune? It is. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, Gail, we're at the point in the conversation where I'm going to make a <laughs> list so I don't lose track of things. Hold on a second. Yeah, which uh, one's which? Yeah, yeah. We got type one, no thyroid from a goiter. M S. All right. Um, you're how old now? 42. I am 42 right now. 42. So you've had MS for 12 years. Does it, has it progressed? And so that one, um, I went probably, I don't remember. I've had probably two or three relapses. I don't remember, um, when it happened. I think I think I was on, uh, it was called beta seron. So that was another injection. I took that one every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that one kind of just stopped working and I had a couple relapses within, I don't know, maybe nine months of each other. So we switched off of that. Um, and I took an oral, a pill and then I had another relapse. So my neurologist switched me to an infusion. So now since I've been on the infusion, I have not had any relapses. What do you get infused and how often? Tysabri, and it's once a month. Do you have to go into a center? Where do they come to yep. your house? Yeah. Infusion center. Okay. And that appears, Where, how long have you been using that? Uh, Probably three years, I would that, say. And that seems to be helping. It does. Yep. I have to tell you, there's this so far, so good. sort of heartbreaking thing that happens when I Google somebody's like you know disease and i'm talking on the podcast there's this little (laughs) box that pops on on the side and and at the bottom it says you know common rare like that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. everything that gets googled for you is rare which right yeah so you've never won the lottery or anything like that i haven't and you we talk about that all the time (laughs) and we play but no this luck does (laughs) not transfer to anything else it doesn't (laughs) no it should but (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you start getting into fewer than two hundred thousand cases a year, mm-hmm. when there's that many people in in the country in the world, you're just like, wow, that's just. I mean, it's the worst kind of bad luck. But it, yeah, yeah. You just would think it would translate for to something else. Like, hey, I'm like two hundred thousand out of like bazillions. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have type one. You had the goiter, which leads to taking the thyroid medication for the rest of your life. MS. And what was next? Uh, celiac disease. 
because why have that go ahead diagnosed in 2018 with that one i bet i had it a lot longer than that but so were you just one of those people who was like was in the bathroom a lot and your stomach was sore and things like that no, no? um not i know i wasn't like that my husband said was saying he goes you look pale you don't you know he said you're looking sick and i said i don't really notice it <laughs> and um I, I don't remember how we got to the GI doctor, but I got to the GI doctor and they did an endoscopy, upper endoscopy, and found it there. Wow. Okay. Did you so change? Kind of... <laughs> I'm being serious now. Once you get to the fourth thing and the doctor tells you, do you bat an eye in the office even? With CELAC? No, it wasn't that big of a deal. I To me, it was just like, okay, eat better. I It wasn't. That one's treatable to me. I don't know. <laughs> Gil, your perspective is uncommon and interesting. <laughs> Seriously, I, I bet you don't see it that way. But like, you know, you're like you're like the the grandfather's been through both the world wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and the lawnmower catches on fire and it gets to the garage right. and everybody's freaking out and he's just like, "This is nothing compared oh, to when Jerry oh, came." Boy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, see, like you just changed some diet stuff. Yeah. And that, and it, I had already eaten, had started eating better around that time anyway, or a little bit before that. So it wasn't a huge shift in things, I guess. So maybe that's why it was easier, except I don't know. Okay. But okay. all right. We're not done yet. We have to keep, we're going to build the <laughs> list before we get, you're the only person I've ever had to talk to for 15 minutes to lay out what's going on. Introduction. Before, <laughs> your, your, your introduction's going on forever. Um, celiac. And then what happens after that? So this year <clears throat> at the beginning, let's see, I'm trying to remember. I think at the beginning of last year, early in last year, I was getting shoulder pain in both shoulders mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, I had seen my regular, my regular doctor, uh, the doctor who found the MS retired. So I had switched to a new family care doctor. So I don't know her that well yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um. I said, it's in both shoulders. I don't know if it's frozen. I thought maybe it was frozen shoulder or something, and I couldn't tell. And she sent me to another doctor. Um, he did some things, and, you know, I went to physical therapy and that kind of thing. And they did blood work, and I had a positive ANA, and then um, something else showed up. I don't know. And the the doctor that was treating me for the shoulder said that it's not very common to have in both shoulders. That's more of an indication of lupus or something like that. So then I went back to my family care doctor and said, this is what they said. Should we do further blood work? And she said, yes. Yeah. So she ordered some more preliminary blood work and I had a couple more indications. Okay. And then COVID hit. <laughs> so is this a lupus diagnosis? It's not quite lupus yet. It's um, so it's, I don't even fully understand it yet. So it's a bunch of things that are leading like most of my symptoms are geared toward um, lupus and Sjogren's disease or disorder, whatever you want to call it. Sjogren's. Hey. It's like dry eyes, dry mouth. Gotcha. Hold on. Yeah. So, wait. <laughs> Get so that's in the nurse too. So. Gotcha. Okay, hold on a second. I'm writing this down. Um, how many autoimmune diseases are there? Like, when is your bingo card going to be I full? I don't know. And what do you win if... Uh... <laughs> I ought to win something really big. You're damn right know. you ought to. So are you, are you, um, do you experience pain? Yes. That's, uh, my shoulders, elbows, wrists, and hands are 
the primary ones of where I feel it. And what's that feel like? It's like, it's a pain. You can't like nothing takes it away completely. So you, so it's, I'm either at a one or two every day and then it just depends on how the day is going or if I overdo it or whatever. I haven't figured it all out yet. There's too many factors being flown at me. Um, does it feel like it's in joints in your bones? Does it feel? Yeah. Both. You just said, yeah, (laughs) you were like, yes, yes. That's what it feels like. Um, how do you spell? Do you even know how to spell that? The Shograms? Uh, S J. And I think it's R O G R E N apostrophe it. F. Google something move. along those lines. Sjogren's th- syndrome is an autoimmune disease that means your um, immune system. T- yeah, we get that. We know <laughs> we know that part about the attacking <laughs> your own body. <laughs> um, it attacks the glands. It makes tears and saliva. Causes dry mouth and dry eyes. Well, so that doesn't have anything to do with your joints, though, and your and your shoulders. No. Okay. It's um, the UCTD. It also involves Sjogren's. So, UCTD, undifferentiated right. connective tissue. tissue disease. I got it. So you have so many factors of of this, and then they kind of. I don't like. I said I don't fully understand it. So, I have more of the lupus and the Schroerens, but not official diagnosis of lupus yet. So it could stay where it's at if I don't progress anymore. Um, or it could turn into full-blown lupus. That's how I understand it. Yeah. Can UCTD turn into lupus? Yes. Undifferentiated connective tissue disease is a condition which melts together, uh, which melts together features of various classic diseases. The classic connective tissue disease includes rheumatoid arthritis, yep. systematic lupus, scleroderma, poly Cytis, derma. Wow, there's a lot of words in here and syndromes. Okay. So, gotcha. All right. I think I actually, I have this, which I'm sorry for the long pause, but I was just like trying no, to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think I have all this. Um, so, kind of working backward. And that's it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I'm not, re- I'm not being reductive. There's nothing else, right? As far as I know, as no. Far as you know. <laughs> okay. So, we got basically one, two, three, four, five, six different things. Does that sound right? I think. Type 1, thyroid, MS, celiac. The word that starts with an S and then a J, which that's not how you spell. <laughs> that's five. And then the connective. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and the connective. Okay, I got six. All right. Um, yeah. I don't, is this fair? Like, I, I can we rank them? I don't know why I'm asking, but what's the worst? Um, probably the connective tissue right now, right now, at this point in time, that one. Okay. Because it's constant pain. It's a din of pain. That yes. Doesn't stop. Right. Um, and you feel it mostly in your shoulders and your joints. Yep. If I said to you, does it feel like your bones hurt? Yes. You'd say yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have very, um, um, like, do your joints feel like almost hypermobile, but not quite hypermobile? I don't know what that means. Like, can you bend your fingers really far? Can you bend your, like, your your hand to your wrist, like, stuff like oh, that? No, I can't. You don't have that going on. Okay. No. Mm-mm. Um, uh, no, there's no medication that touches the pain? Um, well, I've started Plaquenil 
probably six or seven weeks ago. Um, it's helping. It's, it's, uh, I guess it takes three to six months for you to feel the full effect of it. Okay. So we're still working on it. So it's improving. I'm not where I want to say, but I would like to be yet, but yeah. And that's a common drug for lupus, right? Yes. Yeah. Pretty much every rheumatologic disease is what I understand. My dad has rheumatoid arthritis and he's on it. How old so your, the, what's up? I didn't mean to cut you off, but how old's your father? He's 66. Okay. Do you ever talk to him about all this? Does some of this overlap with his experiences? Yeah. Yeah. We talk about it. Okay. But he doesn't, pro- but he's just, he's your dad. I imagine he's just like, I just get up and it hurts and God doesn't take me and I do it again tomorrow. Is that pretty much your dad? So, uh, somewhat. somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> but is he seeing doctors for it as well? He is. Yep. Okay. So is he using he sees it? A, we see the same, same rheumatologist. He's the one that recommended her to me. Gotcha. So. Um, and so when you go into a rheumatologist for the first time, they do that, like they do a pretty extensive, um, just examination and do they see right away? Um, what happened with that? So the one that I am seeing, she had like a six month waiting period to get in and I had already been up to Mayo in Minnesota. So I scheduled an appointment up there to at least get everything started. Um, so up there you go in and they kind of like they do everything there. It's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um uh they gave me the diagnosis and then I was able to get an appointment with her here, my regular rheumatologist here. So it kind of worked out timing wise that way. Gotcha. So I already had a diagnosis when I went to see her. How do you get the diagnosis? Is it from blood work? Uh blood work and then they do they did like oh oh I do have Raynaud's too. <laughs> There's another one. Um Wait, hold on. You they, just added a seventh thing. I got it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. I just want to put it on my list. Good. Um, they check the like the capillaries in your fingers and stuff like that to see if the Raynaud's was primary or secondary and all all kinds of tests like that. But I would say yes, primarily blood blood work is how it comes up. Okay. Um, Raynaud's is well more common. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> Smaller arteries that supply blood to the skin constrict excessively in response to cold, limiting blood supply to effective areas, fingers, toes, ears, tips of the nose. And so you get cold in like specific places. My hands and feet. Your hands yeah. and feet. Uh, but your body's not cold. No, I'm cold pretty much all the time. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but. Well, it could. It, I mean, but it also could not. I don't think you and I are the ones to figure it out, but <laughs> but I'm still interested no. in hearing about it. So are you, you're cold all the time. Like when you're sitting still, do you have like an electric heater pointed at you or you're wrapped in a blanket or you just like usually, chilly? Uh, usually I have the heater up in our house um, and the rest of the people in my house aren't happy with that. But um, usually I've got a blanket or some sort of sweatshirt and whatever. Gotcha. Usually. I mean, I get warm. It's not like I don't, but. Right. I'm usually cold. When when you do you live in a part of the country where it's cold outside ever? Where I'm from, uh, Indiana, northern Indiana. Oh, that, so that sounds yeah, cold. It's cold. Okay. So when you go outside and it's cold, can you rebound from it? Eventually, yeah. But it takes after long. you warm up. Right. It takes a while. Yeah. Okay. I wonder how many people listening like. So I think this is probably a good time to say if you just get cold 
or you know you've once had an electrical feeling go through your hand it doesn't mean you have any of these diseases um, but <laughs> but i do right. think it's interesting because listen my wife's had hypothyroidism since she was probably in her early 20s um okay. we we couldn't get a diagnosis for medication until she was in her late 20s um it was pretty tough on her uh, you know, mm-hmm. not medicating it for so long, it, it did it did stuff to her that wasn't great. Um, she's sometimes there's parts of the month where Kelly's always cold, just okay. just always cold, and then there are times when she's not. And I don't, I've never found a rhyme or reason to it. Like I, you know, I'm not tracking her. Um, mm-hmm. Arden, Arden will go back and forth around her period, like be colder at sometimes. It's weird because. I don't think it's uncommon for a woman to get her period and then wrap a blanket around herself. But sure. once but once autoimmune diseases are in your life, everything that happens, I'm like, hmm. Like, you know, like everything you've listed here today, all these diseases, I've read up on all of them. I've Because, mm-hmm. you know, every time your kid's like, I'm chilly or my wrist hurts, you're like, oh, my God, is this like another thing? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. 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 And it just it sucks. Like, it sucks to have to worry about it. Uh, you don't have to worry about it because they just keep telling you you have them. So it's right. <laughs> Nothing the, else to worry about. Worry. <laughs> is, is there anything on your list that you're sitting here thinking, I don't really have this. They just say I have it. Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages two and above. Not only is Gvoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. You can support Type 1 Diabetes Research and the Juicebox podcast by going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. The T1D Exchange is looking for Type 1 adults and Type 1 caregivers who are U.S. residents to participate in a quick survey that can be completed in just a few minutes from your phone, your computer, or your tablet. After you finish the questions, and they are simple, I did them in maybe seven or eight minutes. You will be contacted annually. Actually, this just happened to me. I just got my email that said, hey, can you just check over your answers? And blah, blah, you know, you'll be contacted annually to update your information and to be asked further questions if further questions exist. This is 100% anonymous, HIPAA compliant, and does not require you to ever see a doctor or to go to a remote site. That's pretty cool. You can help type one research right from your sofa. So head over to T1D Exchange forward slash juice box. And when you use my link, there'll be links right there in the podcast player you have or at juiceboxpodcast.com. But when you use my link, T1D Exchange forward slash juice box, and then click on join our registry now when you get there, all you have to do is complete the survey and you've supported me, the podcast, and every person living with type 1 diabetes who will benefit from the research data that you provide. And these are super simple questions. Trust me, if I could do it, anybody can. Is there anything on your list 
that you're sitting here thinking, I don't really have this. They just say I have it. No, I know I have. <laughs> you definitely know you have. Okay. So I, I need you just to take me through a day. Like, what's it like? You wake up and what happens? What do you do? Um, I guess it just depends on what day we're looking at. Usually some mornings it takes longer to get moving than other mornings. Um, with the, with the connective tissue disease. Um, usually we get up and my husband gets up around the same time I do. And we get the kids ready for school and stuff like that. Um, and then he goes to work and I'll, some days I jog when I feel like I can. And then other days I don't, it just, it just depends what's mm -hmm. going on. I'm on loop. So I don't usually have to worry about my blood sugar in the morning. Most days. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know about a typical day, but, but is there, is there pain? Is there, um, is it limiting you? Are there any things you're not doing that you want to be doing? Or like, I'm looking for the impact on your life from this. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's, it, the newest one is, has been the most limiting so far. Um, I used to, I don't know if I would classify what I do as run, but I would jog, um, a lot farther than I do now. Now I'm doing maybe like two miles at the most and I did a marathon in 2019. So it's, uh, that's had a big impact on what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there are times where it hits you with like the fatigue will hit you and I have to stop doing whatever I'm doing. And that gets frustrating. What's the fatigue um, come from? Do you think? Well, it could All be either it? MS or <laughs> right. <laughs> Lack of sleep. I don't Everything. Gotcha. It just, I, as I, I have to be honest, once I asked the question, I was like, well, that's a stupid question, Scott. <laughs> What's the fatigue from? <laughs> the fatigue, Scott, is from the seven things I have wrong with me. Thank you very much. Pick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean – I just wondered if there was one of those things that had, like, fatigue as a generalized symptom and you thought it was coming from that or not. But uh, MS and the UCTD. Okay. Um, cause fatigue. Cause fatigue. Um, do you – is there any pre not preventative, but are you paying attention to your kids for this stuff? Like, is like, do you find yourself staring at them, wondering if they're okay constantly? I do not. I mean, not constantly, but yeah, yeah I do. More so, my youngest. He so when I got celiac, the GI doctor suggested that we get them tested um, to see if they had the gene. So we did that, and my oldest is not, and the youngest has it. He's an IFC like, but he has the gene for it. So I kind of watch him more for autoimmune stuff than the other one, probably. Because the celiac popped up. Yeah. Gotcha. Have you ever done trial net? No. No. Do you consider that ever? I have. I just, I don't know. I never really looked into it that far. Gotcha. They'll send the thing right to your house now and it's free, by the way. Okay. Yeah. All right. Trialnet.org. I just, I, and I'm, this is in my head because I just interviewed the person who runs Trialnet last night. It hasn't gone up yet, but, um, okay. Yeah. It's in my head. Uh, okay. So the kid, one of the kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I feel compelled to ask. And if you don't want to answer, please don't. Hard on your marriage? Um, I wouldn't say it's been hard, hard. He, my husband's really, he's pretty supportive of everything. I shouldn't say pretty. He is supportive of everything. Yeah. He listens to me complain and <laughs> he lives with that. And 
Well, I can yeah. tell he's supportive because I know some shit guys and they would have left. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, he's still with me. So. Yeah. The boys that yeah. are real boys are just like, whoa, are there problems? I have to go. Uh, you know, right, so right. I, yeah. I got yeah. that he was a good guy because you're together. I was just wondering if um, <laughs> if uh, women don't do that, by the way, it, it, as a general rule. It's not usually. No, no it's men. <laughs> men are like, wait a minute. Is this not perfect? I have to leave. Sucks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not the picture I painted in my own head. Um, mm-hmm. But but. So that's cool. So how much is he involved in? Is he are there things that he helps you with or is it just stuff you do you just manage most of this on your own? He helps. I mean, he I don't know how to script. I mean, he just like he, I mean, he knows I loop. He knows I do all this stuff. He didn't really ever have helped me set it up. I figured all that out. Um, right. but he's helped make adjustments like from an outside perspective, I guess. Like I'll say, I don't get this, this and this and he'll say, "Well, and give his perspective. And it's usually, he's usually right. Gotcha. So sometimes that, just that outsiders, almost like me, right. almost like somebody who's managing a child, like you can kind of step back for a second and, and, and take the whole thing in and go, you know, I know you're not seeing this, but I think when this happens, then this is happening. And if you use more or less here, that might help that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sort of diagnostic. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's very nice. Yeah. Um, does he have any, like medical things or is he just off to the side like what is happening here he's he's healthy <laughs> he, he's fine do you he ever bad knees but other bad knees which you just laugh at <laughs> like this, i would imagine he has no nerve to complain to you about any medical problem oh he should sometimes so <laughs> I mean, I still would, but I would feel badly about it while I was doing it. Oh, like, yeah. Like, oh, my toenails. <laughs> he doesn't complain very often. <laughs> <laughs> my toenails digging into the side of my toe and it hurts. <laughs> I, I right. Just, yeah, I assuming... him to... <laughs> yeah, you think he'd just be afraid that you would take a frying pan and kill him with it if you said something. If he said he something might, like no. <laughs> um, uh, do you? How do you manage this, like, psychologically? Are you... Do you go to therapy? Are you depressed? I, like I do talk to a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. When I you do. feel like I need to. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Cause then I'm not putting all that burden on my family too. So. Right. Right. So you find a, a third party to dump it on and then you pay them in exchange for them listening so that you don't exactly, have to like yeah. <laughs> kids and go, you don't understand mommy's connective tissue is, <laughs> is, is right. doing weird <laughs> right. things. And I want to, yeah, I want to cry. Uh, this do you, does crying help? Yeah. Yeah, I bet. When I, yeah, yeah. when I can, yeah. <laughs> In the car, stuff like that. Where's your favorite place to cry? I guess is my question, Gil. You don't have one. You don't have one. <laughs> probably be by the car when I'm by myself, but I haven't really been by myself since COVID hit, so there hasn't been much opportunity. So, <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine all the things that we don't know that COVID's impacting for people. Like right. Kel's like, I don't have any time to cry by myself anymore. Damn it. Um, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. I uh we should put like some sneakers in the dryer and then just go in that room and you could probably get away with it in there. Until <laughs> I got interrupted, yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah. <laughs> tell me about you, you when you very when you uh reached out to me in the very beginning last summer, uh you talked about listening to Sean Busby's episode. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you what you got out of that when you were listening to him. Uh well he had this was kind of when it was uh Let's see. I don't remember when I first contacted you, but I went to Mayo in August. So it was around that time. But he had, I listened to him having lupus, just having two autoimmune diseases. 
Yeah. Pretty big ones too. Yeah. Yeah. But still a lightweight in your world. You're, um, (laughs) I don't have an award, but if I, I think the podcast (laughs) might make one and you might be the first recipient of it. That's for certain. Um, (laughs) can you imagine if you had a glass thing on your shelf and like, what's that from? It's like, ah, this podcast sent it to me because, uh, you know, I got seven different autoimmune diseases. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. Your insurance company hates you. I imagine (laughs) They just like does what? Who does hates your, me? Yeah, your insurance company. Like, I'm wondering. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, are do you, is that something you worry about? Definitely. Yeah. Um, my husband's. I don't, he didn't get laid off, but his where he worked closed. Um, their location here. So we're. He's got another job right now. Um, but the insurance we're on. Uh, he's on severance too. So we're done with that in five months. So that's. I'm a little worried about that. What's coming up. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, cause you have to disclose all this stuff when you switch insurances. And you do. See, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I, think, yeah. I, th- I think you do. Um, uh, I, I don't remember the last time we did it, but I mean, you got to imagine, you got to imagine they won't be thrilled, but it's probably if he's got a job with a company that offers insurance, I'm assuming they have to cover everybody at the company. I don't think they can exclude anybody. Um, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. yeah, that would be, but even like, I think about it for my kids, even like, you know, Arden has, you know, what she has. And, um, by the time this comes out, I think we'll have gotten a diagnosis for Cole of Hashimoto's as well. My son, who's never had oh, really? you know, like anything in his whole life. And so now I know they're going to go out into the world and, you know, one day they're going to need their own insurance and they're going to be starting with, yes, I have this, but I'm starting to wonder if everybody doesn't have something. At I this gotta point, think so. You know, um, or is it just the bubble we live in, Gail? Where I'm just like, yeah, every because because you said a bunch of things that are uncommon, you know, as far as numbers, sheer numbers go. But I'm aware of every one of them, mm-hmm. and that's from being in the diabetes space, honestly, and hearing people talk about it every once in a while. Um, right. That's um, that sucks. Anybody else in your family having these issues? Like in front of your father in time in the timeline, like cousins. Um, his or, mom. Yeah, but only old, older people, not not younger people. Um, I've got a cousin who's got Raynaud's, and I think my aunt, his sister, has Raynaud's. Other than that, I don't think they've got anything. Yeah. Well, that's just, they just the tip of their nose is cold. We're not counting that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do any of these things, are any of these things an indication of more to come? Like, I understand that MS can progress, but are any uh-huh. are any of these other things like stages kind of diseases? As far as I know, yeah, uh, the connective tissue one can develop into whatever it wants to from there is how I understand it. I I don't know where it's all going <laughs> you know of course he, what's that i was gonna say do you try like purposely not to dig into it i do yeah it's it's like too much information that can be overwhelming to i don't know it's right. in the future and i don't want to worry about what could happen as much i mean i think about it obviously but yeah i i, I think i have to agree with that like especially because you're gonna find out all the possibilities and the likelihood is that most of them won't ever occur. And so how do you know which ones to look for or to worry about? And then you just put mm-hmm. yourself in a cycle of just staring at everything, wondering what's happening constantly. And that can't be. That, 
after I got diagnosed with MS, I read a lot about that and it was, I don't, it was depressing because it was all I would read about these people that couldn't walk and they were in wheelchairs. And I thought that that was going to be what was going to happen. Um, and it hasn't obviously. So I quit reading about it back then. Yeah. I'm assuming that's you, you have one of the few lives where I would definitely agree that we'll just cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Yeah. Where most of the time I'm like, let's be prepared. But I think for you, I think you're doing the right thing. Seriously. <laughs> because what if it just doesn't happen? You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, uh, it, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but you know, what if one of the things you're concerned about just never arises? And that, that is rather likely. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, what could even be left? Seriously. I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've asked myself that same question, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't even want to Google it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just like it stands to reason that statistically you've got to be done. I, I mean, like what? That's, I thought that same thing. I, <laughs> I would think so. Yeah, I'm and so- and with all of the diseases, I, I don't know if this is a good way to say it, but I, aside from the type one, because it's there's no mild version of type one, but like I have relapsing remitting ms i'm not progressive i'm not that way i don't have full-blown lupus i don't i i've got mild cases of everything mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah no i mean but it's funny as you just said that the only thing i know about relapsing remitting ms is what i learned on the west wing so and that's i don't know what that is. it's a tv show i never watched know the, the show. Oh, so it's a tv show and the president had this. well i know that yeah, yeah, yeah. i've never watched it um, I, <laughs> I just realized, I was like, where have I heard that before? And then my brain went, uh, I was on the West Wing. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and that was a long time ago I saw that. Uh, wow. Okay, so besides making this list, which is fascinating, why did, why did you want to come on the podcast? I, just because, I don't know, I thought maybe there were other people that had more than one <laughs> autoimmune are disease, you looking I guess to connect? It's more common people. I I would if there's more people out there. Yeah. Okay. Are you in the private Facebook page of the juice box? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So when this episode goes up, I'm gonna I'll, I'll put it in there, and I will say that if you have any of these things going on, <laughs> that Gail would like to. This would be a good place to find Gail in this post and see if uh, okay. <laughs> we can find anyone else for it. I mean, there's got to be other people. Um, who I would think I imagine probably don't even talk about it very much. Um, because I mean, if you just jump into a type one space and start talking about, I mean, celiac's pretty common, so people talk about mm-hmm. that a lot. But the rest of it, it's funny, the rest of the things that you list off, I mean, aside from having the goiter, um, is the kind of stuff that I find people are just you know, like I mean, like I said, they have an ache or a pain, and they do some googling, and they're like, "I wonder if I have this thing," and then it never really comes to pass for most people that that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Gail, I don't know what to ask you next. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's confounding. I, I, I've, I'm comfortable that we've not made this like sad, um, which I don't want. Don't want anybody to feel. I mean, I want them to understand the weight of it, but I don't want us to just be sitting around like bemoaning like what's going on. Um, yeah. What do you do to keep your life normal? Like, do you just go about your business and do you work, by the way? Or no, I'm a stay at home mom. Yeah. And have been for I. I worked part time after my first son was born, and then when my second one was born, I went full time to stay home. Mm. 
Yeah. And then from a progression of diseases, then we just decided that I am okay not going back. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would think you would think that you've bought that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it still, it sucks because you probably wanted to go back to work, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I would have. I, um, I'm a CASA volunteer, so I do that. Say that again. Um, a what volunteer? CASA. CASA. Court appointed special advocate. Oh, look at you. I actually know somebody else who does that. Isn't that odd? Um, yeah. yeah, though, that's a go. nice use. That's a really nice use of your time. It gets you. Yeah. Yeah. Get to leave the house and get dressed. Well, you used to, I guess. Right. Yeah. Not right. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, how worried about COVID are you based on your list? We haven't really done much of anything. Um, I still go to the grocery store. I still do stuff like that. Um, but we don't, we have not been over to people's houses or anything like that. And it's been a lot harder since the winter's been here. Mm-hmm. Cause um, in the summer we could at least go out and see people, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I did. I I've started doing this thing um, that I, I told Kelly about the other day and she looked at me really strangely. So um in the morning when I take the dogs out, it's usually now it's cold. I'm usually like out and try mm-hmm. to get back in pretty quickly. And I, this is going to be incredibly strange, but we have a mass of cardboard because so many things are being delivered now instead of going out to buy them. And so I have too mm-hmm. many cardboard boxes. I can't even get them all out to the recycling in time. So I've started taking a few small boxes to my fire pit lighting them on fire and standing next to them while the dogs are out in the morning. So it's not so cold that I can just stay outside for a couple minutes. Like I, I don't want to light a big fire and be out there for hours. I don't have the time for that, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to freeze. I'm starting to feel like I just want to stand outside a little longer. And yeah. so I'm, try, I'm trying to like, I'm sure I'm doing the wrong thing, but I don't even care. Like I, I'm trying to get rid of the cardboard because it's filling corners of my home. And, sure. and, uh, and I want to just stand outside for an extra couple of minutes. Yeah. yeah. I, we have a dog. We got a COVID dog, I guess you could say. Um, so I walk her, I try to walk her two or three times a day. So, but I'm at least outside. Yeah. I'm yeah. I agree. There. A COVID dog. I've heard that before. I got a COVID <laughs> dog. It's probably a lot of COVID hamsters running around too. Mm, um, maybe. <laughs> uh, what kind of dog did you get? We got a sheepadoodle, so part sheep dog, part poodle. What the hell is that? Hold on a second. Sheepadoodle. Oh my god! It's like a teddy bear <laughs> that's alive. How big does it get? She's she's only forty four pounds, I think. So they the vet said probably fifty pounds. So I don't think she's gonna get that much bigger. What kind, what's the disposition like? She's very friendly. They they're smart. Problem house training or that one? Okay? Nope. She's already potty trained and yeah. Hair comes off in big tufts. Easy to no, pick up. No, she doesn't. She doesn't shed nothing. So, we just whoa, 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 brush her. Slow down. She doesn't shed. No, Perfect they're dog. hypoallergenic. Really, it is. It really is. <laughs> and adorable, black and white. She is black. Yep, that's black all- and white. That's all that, that, I mean, from the photos, apparently they are only, av- oh no, here's a brown one. Nope, they have a brown too, yeah. Is this a genetically engineered dog or did they just throw two dogs together and they got down and this is what happened? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think this was, yeah. You think Sheep so? dog, father, poodle mom. Hey, um, don't answer this if you don't want to, but 
does all of this stuff that you have going on impact your your sexual desires and that kind of stuff too? Is it hard to feel um, or not really? Sometimes. Yeah. Just depends on what the day's like. Yeah. <laughs> what the day's whether or not this dog crapped on the floor or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. Um, I'm really I didn't realize we could have started with Sheepa Doodle. This thing is really adorable in a how, she is. how big is she gonna get? <laughs> She's she's gonna be probably around forty five fifty. It's a medium size to large dog, right? That's not that okay. big. Oh my gosh! All right, this dog's see. This is the problem with dogs. They're so they're like kids. They're so cute. You're like, okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Third, you know, ten years from now, you're like, we want to go on vacation. Oh, we can't. The sheep doodle has nowhere to live. <laughs> we have the dog. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I I mean I just have to I I don't want to like I don't want to pick at you too hard because I I don't want to I'm assuming you have a delicate balance to how you're navigating your life. But how far like how forward do you plan? That's a good question. Um let me see. Uh I don't know. It was a couple years ago I got invited to go on a ski trip with two of my friends and um, out to Colorado. And my husband was saying, I said, I don't know if I'll be well enough. I can't remember what it was. I think I was having a relapse at that point. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to be well enough to be able to go. And he said, just plan it. You can't, you can't plan for something that's going to be bad. That's going to happen. You don't know. Mm -hmm. So just plan like accordingly. So that's kind of how I've been doing things yeah like i plan to do them and then whether or not i can actually do it you worry about on the in the moment right yeah that seems smart to me i mean honestly and it's not easy to do but yeah yeah because you i'm assuming you have planned things that then don't that you have to cancel at the end and right it makes it harder to plan it the next time i guess yeah it it is and that's happened a couple times if we were going to go on hikes outside and stuff i'm like i couldn't go um kind of more so at the beginning of this diagnosis because that's when I wasn't feeling the best. And I, in the last maybe week or two is when I've been feeling the best. So I'm hoping things continue to improve that way. Yeah. Did you have any trouble getting your thyroid medication dialed in in the beginning? Or did you have a really good doctor that was, that tested and kept up with it and got you to the right level? He, he was pretty good about getting it right. And then I had lost I don't know, maybe 40 pounds after my second son was born. And then we had to dial the dose back. Cause you were hyper. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At that point I was. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, um, I watched that happen to Arden once where we were trying to like adjust her medication and she got hyper and mm-hmm. it changed her body shape a little bit. Hmm. Like, like she was meaning like she looked like she was going to be growing and I guess she's still young, so it's hard to know, but it looked like she was going to be growing into a more voluptuous shape, body shape, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> and then, you know, more like thinner waist, more hippie, like that kind of thing. And then yeah. she got hyper for a little while and I, and then she just, she did, it never went back again and she's not hyper anymore. It was interesting. So she's like, she's a smaller frame. Her frame is smaller now, like than than it was right okay. before she got hyper. And I've always That's wondered if like what happened there, or if, if she was just heading in that direction to begin with, maybe. And I'm, I'm blurring the line between thyroid and just regular, you know, like growing up, growing up. Yeah. 
Yeah. All I know is yeah. that we bought a lot of uh, clothes that all of a sudden she doesn't have a ass to fill. And now I <laughs> found myself the other day at a consignment shop going, can you sell these jeans, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was uh, – the woman's like, what happened? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm like, I was just told to come here and drop these off. And here I am, you know, here. yeah, yeah. Please try to sell these and sell and send us 40% of whatever you make. That's uh, my, um, and, and Arden was disappointed too. She was like, I bought these jeans and I look so good in them. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm sorry. Um, We're not going to make you hyper again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I have to tell you that I really appreciate this conversation with you because I don't know if Arden's just going to have, hypothyroid and type one the rest of her life and nothing mm -hmm. else is going to come of it or if the people listening are never going to get more things but it's incredibly uplifting as much as you might not believe that to talk to you because i mean I, can we curse for a second gail i, I mean go right <laughs> yeah for the love of christ everything that could be wrong with you is wrong with you and 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 you're still you know you're doing your thing you're raising your sons you're married you're doing you're, you're living your life you know and that yeah. to me is is really i mean uplifting is the right word it's just uh you're you're an inspirational person to talk to even though i imagine you don't feel that way no i don't but <laughs> thank you no for so. no seriously because i don't know if arden's gonna have a third thing one day or if she won't, or if I'm going to spend my whole life staring at her, wondering if every time she I see her put on like a fluffy pair of socks, I'm going to wonder if she's going to get lupus one day. Um, but right. <laughs> but my brain does work like that sometimes, you, you know. Yeah. Like, um, so that's pretty normal. Yeah. Right. And so it's just I don't know. Like you're, it's aspirational to watch you and hear about you living your life. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, you know, especially with my, my, my son just now in, in the moment, you know, in the last two months we've been going, he's been going through all this and, um, you know, like he just had his thyroid imaged and, you know, they, they like, well, we think this is Hashimoto's based on the image and we're going to do more blood work later. And there might be like some like parathyroid gland that he might have to have a parathyroid gland removed. We're not sure mm -hmm. yet. And you're like, okay. And then you know, the doctor's like, look, you have the gland removed. Everything's fine. It's no, there's no indication that that means something else is coming, you, you know, and you think, okay, great. But is it an indication that 20 years from now, he's going to have to have his whole uh, yeah. thyroid removed or like, you know, it's just it, like, once you get involved in an autoimmune world, it's, it's hard not to feel like you're just clinging to the side of an icy, you know, hill, trying not to slide yeah, down. Um, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and still, as common as it's becoming, more common as it's becoming in the world, it's still relative to the amount of people walking around. This stuff's all incredibly uncommon. You know? Yeah, I forget that people don't realize. <laughs> yeah. I, people will look at me like, what? <laughs> but, Yeah. Right. No, it just we we went up. So the the way we started realizing about my son's thyroid was that he developed hives just out of nowhere. And so hmm. you, as you're going through, you learn that hives might be one of the um, indicators for hypothyroid. And, um, you know, so you're going through the process and figuring things out and everything. But we were in the office of a dermatologist who said something like he, he could see my son is just like he's 
it, 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 this is hard for him. Like he's an incredibly athletic, active person. And suddenly if he moves too quickly, he breaks out. And mm. so the guy says, look, man, I see how devastating this is for you, but I don't know if this helps you or not, but you're the eighth person I've seen today with this problem. <laughs> and he's like, so, you know, outside of these walls, it's incredibly uncommon to have hives. He goes, but here in this smaller group, you, mm -hmm. you, this is a common thing. And I, um, it, it made me think about diabetes and that you can't really consider yourself like maybe it's more valuable to consider yourself part of the diabetes group, part of the autoimmune group and not be constantly looking at everyone else and judging your life against theirs. Like maybe, maybe you have to like make your sphere smaller so that your sh feels better. Does that make sense? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know. Like it just, I don't know. I don't know if there's any value in that thought at all, but it is exactly what <laughs> it's exactly how it made me think. Like, like don't judge yourself against like maybe the same idea is like, I shouldn't turn the television on and look at the tight end for, you know, the Packers and go, I can't believe I'm not in that guy's shape. Sure. Y you know, like, I, you know, okay. So you say that. So I think of other runners and things and I, I can't get up to certain speed. And I say, and I have to tell myself that like, okay, you've got a lot going on. <laughs> What yeah. you're doing is fine. Right. For you, for what your reality is, you're doing great. I mean, honestly, you're that you're talking to me and not like just uncontrollably crying and banging your head against the wall <laughs> makes me feel like you're doing amazing. <laughs> I'm not I, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like like you're you're together. You, you know what I mean? For the most part, the most I imagine. Part. Yeah, I was going to say, she's <laughs> yeah. going to say for the most part. <laughs> not always, but for the most part. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's not always all together. And no. so you just have, I mean, for all the things that you have, it's it's just very cool that you're able to like talk about it. Like, I don't know if I could talk about the things, although I guess maybe in the moment, if I would, if, if I got you on the day you had MS and I was like, so MS, right? You probably would have been. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Screaming and throwing lamps and things like that. I right, 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 right. Um, so type 1 diabetes, that you just have a handle on. You you have an algorithm and you're doing fine with that. Um, for the most part, for yeah. For the most part, you're doing I mean, okay. you have days, but yeah. Where, where does your A1C sit? Uh, my last one was 5.5. No. Yeah. All right, you know what you're doing. And then um, <laughs> celiac, you just made adjustments to your diet that I just don't eat I just don't eat gluten I I try to eat more whole foods than anything I mean I still eat other stuff but yeah yeah um the MS you take in the in the um you go get the infusions yeah that's the that mm -hmm. thyroid's being handled by synthroid do you find a difference between generic and regular synthroid do you have to use the name brand I'm actually on levothyroxine that is the generic right or no it yeah, is. it is. And that's working for you. Okay. Um, it, yeah. So we're waiting to see if the connective tissue thing goes to lupus or not, which it may or may not. And, and the MS, then you're trying to, all right. All right. Is there anything you want to say that we haven't talked about? Because I have to admit, I don't think I did a great job of talking to you today, but, but oh. I, I'm doing my best. I feel a little scattered which I'm assuming is how you feel too. Uh, a but, lot of the time, yes. 
Yeah, I actually I feel like somebody like walked me into a room and was like, this is algebra. We're going to talk about it now. And then they punched me and threw me on the floor and then started yelling equations at me. I'm like, uh, right. I, yeah. you're, you're supposed to absorb everything there and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It just really is. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't know what I expected when when you were going to be on, but I'm done now and I feel like I didn't do a good job. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else that you would want to know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, no. I don't mean that there's something left that you didn't say. I'm just, I okay. feel like, yeah, you're misunderstanding me. I'm sorry. I'm not doing a good job of saying what I mean. Um, I just feel like I could have done a better job, but I felt like we just kept learning about something like every 10 minutes and yeah, um, it's hard to. It's hard to keep it all straight. Like I feel like if we, it is. like we should talk for twenty five more hours and then maybe we could hash it all out. Um, you probably could. It would take that long. Yeah, yeah. But, it's um, yeah. I just uh, I don't know. Just like so that other people know that you can still live a life when you have everything, when you have all these things. Like it sucks at sometimes, but you know it's you worse than being sick. It. I I just said to. My, I was talking to my brother the other day about something completely disconnected, and we were talking about somebody who was struggling with something. And I was like, "Well, it's better than not being alive." So, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I mean as as long. And then, I mean, there's other days that I can tell you that I wouldn't agree with what I just said, but it's <laughs> it's there. <laughs> there's days I don't agree with what I just said. So there are days that right. <laughs> things can be. Is it physically impactful or mentally or a mix? Both. Usually, when I don't feel well physically, then that impacts how I deal with things. So like when you have the pain, when I have the pain from the connective tissue, that's or whatever I'm having pain from that one, because it's there all the time and never goes away. That one has been the hardest one to deal with mm -hmm. because it's hard to function like in regular life when you feel like that. So I feel like there's a question here that we've avoided, like, um, and maybe I'm wrong, but is it, does it get to the point where you start making the do you start doing the math on like it's not worth being alive math or it's not that bad? Um, probably at the beginning I did that. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, yeah, that's the one thing I feel like I didn't ask you that I wanted to, which was like, uh, uh, do you ever have that feeling of like, this just doesn't feel worth it? Yeah. There's been times like that. There's yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Oh, it's not like all roses and sunshine all the time. So no, no, no I wouldn't yeah. imagine. Um, what, what's the thing that pulls you back from that? Probably when I start feeling better and about so, it. Yeah. And so that pain is so personally impactful that I'm trying to paint a picture for people that, that the thought of your children isn't even the thing that can bring you back from it because it's just, it, it just, it's unrelenting at that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't think people, um, who haven't felt either physical or emotional pain like that, understand that the things that you really love in your life and care about um, still aren't enough. Like, you know, to like, I've talked to people who are, you know, hooked on heroin and, and all kinds of things. And the things in your life that you would think in a normal situation, you'd go, Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to do this because blah, blah, blah. Those things are just, they can't overwhelm what's happening to you in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that pain is all over body pain. Like there's not like one thing hurts at a time or does it move around or is it? For me, it's been the shoulder, the shoulders are the worst. And then, um, elbows and hands and wrists is when it's 
when it happens, like some people have knees, knee, push, knee issues. And I don't, I don't usually have that. Okay. When it happens, do you, so I've been able to walk. <laughs> yeah. What do you do for it in that moment? There's nothing much you can do. That's what's, that's the worst part of it. So I, you pretty much sit there because <laughs> everything else hurts to do anything. Gotcha. But if you got up and were act and I don't know, walked around, the pain wouldn't get worse or better. It's just one there. level of horror. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it would get worse if I would pick something up or I don't know, pick like a gallon of milk out of the fridge, something like that. Gotcha. That would make it worse. Any relief from having your hands like squeezed or twisted or massaged harshly or anything like that? Heat. Heat helps. Seems to work. Gotcha. Yep. Um, scale to one to 10, is it a 20? When it's bad, it's a, when it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't even hit the pain scale. Like it's that different. It's yeah. And it's just, just cause it's constant and nothing helps like dull it. That's, mm-hmm. that's been the worst part. Gotcha. I, you ever try like stuff that doesn't come from a pharmacy? Um, yes. Does that help? <laughs> That's probably been the most helpful. Gotcha. Of, of everything. Edible or other way? Well, it's not legal here, so. Oh, um, well, theoretically, edible, edible. theoretically, if you live somewhere where you could try it, try, what would you try? Right. Gotcha. I would probably try some sort of edible gotcha, <laughs> that way. Gotcha. I see. Yeah. Can you imagine if being on a podcast got you locked up? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if anyone hears this and then has the nerve to come to Gail afterwards and go, oh, so you have a gummy worm with some weed in it, huh? <laughs> You're a terrible person and you should burn in hell uh, if you would ever right. have that consideration. Uh, okay. So that's something. How does that feel like? Do you, like do your kids know that you do that? My oldest does, yes. Yeah. Was that weird to have to like to admit? Um, a little bit because I wasn't sure how he was going to handle it, but yeah. he he did pretty well. He did pretty well. He was like, "Oh, thank God! Now I can smoke, and I don't have to hear from right. this lady." <laughs> no. <laughs> He's not allowed. To. <laughs> well, weed is the new walking around, apparently, in America. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's. Um, I don't know. Like I've never have. And I now feel like I have six heads for saying that out loud, um, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I, I try to do like the minimal amount I can mm-hmm. just to kind of create to pain like relief. A, yeah, pain relief. Cause it doesn't, you, you don't mm-hmm. want it to put you to sleep. You just want it to kind of lessen things. Exactly. Gotcha. All right. Gail, you did a great job. Um, I, I, sure this was better than I think it is. I feel like I, I feel like I never found a flow to our conversation and at the same time, <laughs> I don't know how I would have. Uh, so okay. it, it just, it really is. Um, I mean, you're, you're doing a great job of dealing with everything and, uh, thank you. It was really interesting to hear about, uh, would you hold on for one second for me? I will. Thanks. Yep. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors. Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juice box. Please don't forget to check out the T1D Exchange at T1D Exchange.org forward slash juice box. Use my link complete the survey. 
Of course, the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes are at juiceboxpodcast.com, diabetesprotip.com, and right there in your podcast player. If you hold on for just a moment, I'll get you an update from Gail. So Gail sent an email a number of months after we recorded. She said that she realized that she may have come across as a little doom and gloom and depressed. And I mean, I don't feel that way, but okay. Uh, she said that she feels like she's in a different place now. And she's learning to come to acceptance with her newest diagnosis. And she's not always thinking about the bad things that may happen next. She says that one of the medications, Placanel, that's used for the UCTD is starting to work. And now she's feeling better physically. She's back to jogging four miles, three times a week. And while she wasn't where she was before the diagnosis and that she may not ever be, that she feels okay with that most of the time. She has a better overall outlook now, and she's excited to learn more about type one diabetes management. She offers to re-record the episode with me because she doesn't want to come across as a hopeless person who's in a sad state. Because she says that's not who she is. She thinks that at the time of our recording, she was just coming to terms with the newest diagnosis. Well, I don't think we need to re-record, obviously. I think it's a great episode. But I did send Gail an email and offer to do a follow-up with her next year. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.